I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are going to be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are going to work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're going to read one chapter a week. And inside our book study Facebook group, you're going to get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts. You're going to get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's going to be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're going to get a lot out of the group, even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode seven of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hey friends, I am so excited to have you back for another episode of the podcast. I have been having so much fun sharing just all of my thoughts and ideas about literacy with you guys, and I really hope that you have been finding these episodes helpful and beneficial. If you tuned in last week, then you heard my very first guest episode with my good friend Eileen, and she is a guided reading expert, and she shared some really great tips about what to do during guided reading. And so I thought it would kind of be fun today to follow up that episode to share some things that you should not do during guided reading. I think a lot of times we hear about the tips and things that are helpful, and we forget that while it is really good for us to research best teaching practices and to learn what we should do, we also really need to be aware of the things that we should avoid in our teaching practice, things that are not effective, things that are not helpful. So I have five things that I used to do as a teacher, if I'm being honest, and I've seen a lot of teachers do when I was in the classroom as, or when I was working in schools as a literacy expert. And over the years, through the research and my own experience, I've realized that these things aren't actually effective. So like I said, I'm going to share with you five things that you should stop doing. But the good news is I'm going to give you what you should do instead. So if they are things that you are doing, that's okay. I'm going to help you figure out what to replace them with. And the thing to realize is if as you're listening to this episode, you realize that these are things that you're doing in your classroom, that's okay. We are all on our own teacher journey. And the reality of it is, is we are not perfect teachers and we're not perfect Our first year, our second year, our fifth year, our 10th year, every year we continue to grow and evolve. And so this episode is going to just be a learning experience for all of us. So 
I'm excited to share these things with you, and we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. So the first thing that you want to avoid doing during your guided reading lessons is round-robin reading. And I was definitely guilty of this my first couple years in the classroom. And in case you don't know what round-robin reading is, round-robin reading is when the teacher asks each student in the group to read the section of the text out loud for the group. And this is not an effective instructional strategy. The whole point of guided reading is to provide support that is going to help students transfer what you taught them during your whole group mini lesson to their independent reading. So while you do want to provide some support during guided reading, in order for you to offer the support, students really need to be given time to read the text by themselves. They need to have that opportunity to really wrestle with and apply the reading skills and strategies you've taught them. And if they're only reading for a portion out loud, they're not getting the most out of that guided reading lesson. And the other thing that we really need to consider is not every student feels comfortable reading out loud. And when we force them to do this, to read even in front of a small group, it could make students feel uncomfortable and it could give them a bad feeling when they come to a guided reading group. So we definitely want to avoid round robin reading. And what we should do instead is rather than asking students to read out loud for the whole group, you want to make sure that your guided reading lesson has a chunk of time that is about 7 to 12 minutes where students can read the text independently. And I know when I first started doing this, I was like, this just seems awkward and weird that I have students sitting at my table and they're reading independently and I'm just sitting here kind of watching them. But during this time, rather than letting them read independently and you just sit back and watch, this is a great time for you to check in with each individual reader. In upper elementary, most of your students are probably already fluent. I realize not all of them are. But if they're fluent, this means that you don't have to listen to them read. So you don't need to make sure that they're reading accurately and smoothly, but rather you can check in on their comprehension. So while the students are reading independently, you don't have to ask them to read out loud, but you could check in with them and ask them, what are they reading? Can they tell you what's going on? Can they tell you what strategies they're applying? Can you ask them what they're struggling with, what they're enjoying. So just check in with each student, ask them a couple questions about what they're reading and how their reading is going. And this is going to be a lot more effective than listening to every student read out loud. So the next thing you want to stop doing is previewing the text for your students. And this might kind of sound like a surprise to some of you. But a lot of times teachers are going to spend the first few minutes of their guided reading lesson previewing the text and telling the students what they're going to be reading. Maybe you share the title, maybe you share a scripted blurb from your guided reading text, or maybe you provide a summary of the text. And the problem with this is when we do the previewing for our students, we're the ones doing the work. We're the ones that are doing the thinking. And the whole point of guided reading is to help our students become more independent. And if we're the ones doing the work previewing the text, then our students are never going to develop the tools to preview the text on their own. So rather than you doing the one previewing and telling the students what they're going to be reading, you want to have the students be the ones that are leading the book introduction. We want our students to have the tools to be able to figure out what a text is all about before they sit down to read it independently. So letting them do this task with some support during guided reading is a great way to boost their independence. So rather than the teacher introducing the book, you could ask your students a set of questions that are going to help them preview the book. For example, before you begin reading a text, what do you typically do to get your brain ready? 
Hopefully your students say, I look at the title, I look at the pictures, I do a picture walk, I read the back blurb of the book. You could also ask your students, how can we figure out what this text is all about before we start reading it? That helps students think about the process that they could take before they start reading the text. Another question you could ask is simply, what steps do you take to preview a text before you read? Hopefully your students are going to be able to share a couple things that they do. And if they don't know what they should do before they read, then you can tell them the steps to take. You can tell them we want to look at the title. We want to think about our background knowledge. We want to ask some questions. So you can give your students a process, but you don't want to be the one that is doing the previewing of the text for them. You guys work hard enough as it is. Let your students be the ones doing the heavy lifting. So Make sure that your students preview the text rather than you telling them what it's going to be all about. The next thing that we want to avoid in our guided reading lessons is highlighting tricky vocabulary words. I know this is something that I did often and I thought I was helping my students. I knew that if they saw a certain word, they it would trip them up. And if I gave them the definition beforehand, it would make their reading process a lot smoother. And that is true. But here's the thing. Not every student struggles with the same word in the text. And if we identify specific words at the start of the lesson and we name them as tricky, we're basically telling students that every other word they read should be easy to understand. And so students will be less likely to tell you if they come across a word that they don't know if it wasn't the tricky vocabulary list that we shared. So this could lead to some confidence issues for students. And so rather than telling students, these are going to be the difficult vocabulary words, here's the definition, here's what it means, be ready when this word comes up. Instead, we want to tell students that they might encounter some tricky words. And when they do, they have the tools to figure them out. We want to remind them that they are problem solvers and that if they come across words that they don't understand, that they can use the tools that they already know to help figure out the meaning. We can encourage them to jot down words or phrases that are challenging for them, and we can talk through them later in the guided reading lesson. We want to review the process for how to use context clues and helping them understand that they can look at the word and the phrases and the paragraph around that word to help figure out the meaning. They can look at pictures. They can use a thesaurus, a dictionary, that they have the tools as a reader that they can figure out the meaning of the tricky word. We don't have to give them the definition. They know how to do it. And if we empower our students to be problem solvers in their reading, they're going to feel a lot more confident than if we just give them the definition. The next thing we want to try to avoid doing is confirming student responses. And I know that it is so tempting to tell students, good job, or that's right, when they give a correct answer. I I love encouraging teachers. I love encouraging students. And I so badly want to tell my kids that they did a great job, that they gave a really thoughtful answer. But the problem is, is that when we confirm a student's answer for them, that really we're training them to come to us or another authority figure to see if they got the right answer. And remember, I've already said this a couple times in this episode, our goal is to create independent readers. We want to make sure that our students have the tools to monitor their own thinking and make decisions about what they are reading on their own If we're not around to confirm their thinking, we're not always going to be be able to be there to tell them that they got something right or that their thinking is on the right track. So we really want them to be able to look inwards, to look for their own affirmation when they're reading. This is how our students are going to build their identity as a reader. 
So rather than being the one to confirm and affirm our students, we want them to be in charge of their own thinking. So I know this is tricky and it kind of requires some rewiring of our teacher brains, but you can ask them follow-up questions such as, why do you think that? Or how do you know if you're correct? How can you confirm your thinking is on the right track? These types of questions are going to help our students realize that they don't need our teacher approval, but that they can check in with themselves when it comes to monitoring their own thinking. So another thing we want to avoid during our guided reading lessons is providing an explanation of the teaching point. And I'm sure you're thinking, well, if I'm teaching them a specific objective, clearly I have to be the one to explain it to them. And it can be super tempting for the teacher to to do the majority of the talking during a guided reading lesson, especially when it comes to the teaching point. And if I think back to a lot of my very early guided reading lessons, this is kind of what it looked like. I would have my students come to the table. I would preview the text for them. I would give them the vocabulary words. And then I would explain that today we're going to focus on making inferences. And then I would spend five to six minutes reviewing how to make inferences, showing them an anchor chart giving them a model and doing a lot of explaining. And then when I thought about it, I would look down at my watch and realize that we would have two to three minutes left to practice. So really my students were coming to the table to spend seven to eight minutes listening to me talk and only two to three minutes to practice reading on their own. And we know that students need more time and text to practice. And so we want to avoid being the ones doing all of the talking at our teacher table. If the teachers are the ones doing all of the talking, then they are the ones doing all of the work. So instead of you being the only one doing the talking, let your students help contribute to the teaching part of your lesson. Remember, when students come to your small group table, more than likely the objective or what your focus is, is already something that they've heard before. So you don't need to teach it to them. You could have your students be the one that reteaches the the objective for the lesson. They could have an anchor chart and they could explain it to the other students in the group. The other thing you can do is if you notice a student is using a strategy or applying your focus skill, let them share what they did with the group. You want to let your students take part in the teaching of the lesson, and this is going to build ownership, confidence, and more independence. You want your students to feel Like it is their guided reading group, that they are the ones that are contributing to it, not just receiving all of the information. So make sure that during your guided reading lesson, you are not the only one that is doing all of the talking. And I know that I've already shared five tips already, five things that you should avoid, but I have a bonus tip for you, especially if you are an upper elementary teacher. Don't only focus on reading during your guided reading lesson. And I'm sure you're thinking that maybe that sounds counterintuitive. It is called guided reading after all. Shouldn't we be focusing on reading? But here's the thing. Don't let your guided reading lessons be just about reading. Reading and writing are so closely linked, which means that it is important to focus on writing as well. So after you have spent a few days reading and discussing the text, you might want to take one of your guided reading lessons to focus on writing about your reading before you start your next guided reading text. If you want your students to be writing independently about what they are reading, then we need to model that and give them opportunities to write about their reading with support in a small group. And your guided reading lesson is a great time to do that. So typically in upper elementary, I will be using whether it's picture books or passages, but we usually spend two to three days on one specific text. 
And once we finish that text, I try to take at least one lesson to model a response strategy, whether that is I want my students to summarize, I want them to analyze the characters, I want them to fill out a specific graphic organizer. So I will use a guided reading lesson to model, to show, to provide support and practice to help our students become stronger writers about their reading. A lot of times I know teachers get frustrated because they say, my students' reading journals are a mess. They don't provide in-depth reading responses and they don't write in complete sentences and they don't use text evidence. But if we want our students to be doing all of those things, we need to model and provide support. And a guided reading lesson is a great time to help your students work on their writing about reading. Okay, so I hope this episode gives you a few practical tips on things that you can start doing right away to help improve your guided reading lessons. Or really, I hope it gives you a few tips on things that you should stop doing when it comes to your guided reading lessons. Remember, we want to try to avoid round-robin reading and instead give students time to practice independent reading at our table. We want to stop previewing the text and instead empower our students and have them do the ones, do the heavy lifting. We want to stop highlighting tricky words and remind students that they have the tools to be problem solvers while they read. We want to stop confirming students' responses and help them know that they can self-monitor their own reading. We want to stop providing an explanation of the teaching point and include our students in the teaching part of the guided reading lessons. And we also want to make sure that we are focusing on reading. So I know that that is a lot. Remind yourself that not all of these things have to happen right away. If you were listening to this episode and you realize that you have room to improve in all of these areas, pick one or two to work on this week. Maybe this is the week that you ditch round robin reading and start giving your students more time to be independent readers during the guided reading table. Or maybe this is the week that you start incorporating writing. You don't have to do all of them this week, but I would love to hear which ones you are going to start incorporating. So you can always reach out to me on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher, or you can sign up for my email address and send me an email. I love connecting with teachers and hearing how this podcast is helping you improve your reading instruction. So until next week, I hope you guys have a stellar week. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. Don't forget to join me over on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company. And you can also find links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.